Well, this morning we'll take up our lesson in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 16. And uh, our dear brother Buddy's not here with us this morning, but uh, we'll use him a little bit. Buddy loves trees and plant trees and everything, and, and uh, I enjoy watching him do that well, through pictures and everything. And he loves plants and things like that, and he's planted... Uh, uh, a forest out there almost, and uh, I enjoy that. We, uh, and at work, over the, behind the Splice Park where we put that caboose in, we was asked to plant some trees down through there. Some, I think Leland Cypress, what my guys planted there. And uh, we found later there were some electric lines running down through there, so we had to kind of mound the dirt up a little bit so we couldn't dig his hole to put them in. Uh, out here at uh, the church building, we planted two trees out front, out there, close to the church building. And you might ask, well, what are we, what are we talking about that for? Well, there's instructions in the Bible about planting a grove of trees. So, should Buddy have consulted the scriptures to know where to plant trees out there? At work, should I have, instead of checking with the, the city and electric line, should I have went to the scriptures to find out where not to plant trees? Or more, I guess, uh, directly, uh, before we plant those trees out front of the building? Should we went to the scriptures and seek advice and information on where to plant those trees, how close to the building to plant those trees? And you say, well, that's foolish, isn't it? And I think it would be foolish. But let's read in Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 21. Thou shalt not. Now, there are a lot of thou shalt not in the scriptures. Most people look at the Ten Commandments as the only place, but there's a lot of thou shalt nots, and here's another one. Thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any trees near unto the altar of the Lord thy God, which thou shalt make thee. So, uh, so we have instructions here about planting a grove of trees. We say, well, that doesn't mean anything to us. That's just in the Old Testament. Well, what did it mean in the Old Testament? And again, if it's just, if it's not for us, then we'll tear this page out or at least a portion of it. And we know that's not the way that, it, it, it's written for our learning and our admonition. If we look at it while eating devil's food, we would say, yeah, I probably shouldn't plant that only so close to the building. Now, because thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any trees near the altar of the Lord thy God, which thou shalt make thee. So what does this mean? What's the teaching for us? Is it important? Is it valuable? Is it outdated? It's not outdated. Uh, the scripture, again, I don't know who quoted it, made the, but I, I like it. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So what, what's this mean? 
It's in there for a reason, for a purpose. A, a valuable teaching is not just to take up space. So what does it mean? Thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any trees near to the altar of the Lord thy God, which thou shalt uh, make thee. So in the, in the scriptures, <clears throat> talking about trees and so forth, and where not to plant them, uh, we can see in the scriptures that Israel <clears throat> committed adultery with trees and with stones. And I think uh, Jeremiah 3rd chapter is one of the places that tells us that, that Israel committed adultery with trees and with stones. So here, but, but when we say, well, how? How did, how did this happen? How did this take place? Well, go to Jeremiah chapter 10. <clears throat> Learn a little more about the trees and thou, what thou shalt not do. Commandment of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 10. And uh, another commandment of the Lord. And let's start in verse 2. Jeremiah 10 and 2. Thus saith the Lord, learn not. So here's, here's another commandment. Here's another instructions from the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the nations or the heathens. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the nations or heathens are dismayed at them. <clears throat> for the customs of the peoples... Are vain. The work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold and fasten it with nails and hammers that it move not. They are upright like a palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to, to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertaineth for as much as among all the wise men and the nations, and in their kingdoms there is none like unto thee. But they are altogether stupid and foolish, and the stock is a doctrine of vanities. So it says, learn not the way of the heathens. Well, what were the heathens doing? Now, used to, many years ago, I thought this was talking about a Christmas tree. And there's other places in Jeremiah talks about it. We may read that as well. I thought it was talking about a Christmas tree. Well, Christmas tree is what people use, and <clears throat> some people put it up just to be pretty. Some people put it up to uh, celebrate what they feel is Christ's birthday. And that's what mostly it is to celebrate. People use it for what they think is a celebration of Christ's birthday. Well, back here in Jeremiah 10, chapter, Christ wasn't born. 
They wasn't making a Christmas tree to celebrate the birth of Christ. There's nothing to indicate that at all. But it says, learn not the way of the heathens. What did the heathens do? Well, they took these <clears throat> trees and so forth, and they decked them with silver and with gold. Our text uh, said, don't plant, well, it said don't plant not just trees near the altar, but it said don't plant thee a grove of trees near the altar. So we have to look at that. The word grove in the Hebrew uh, would be pronounced something like uh, Asherah. And the definition of it is uh, upright, image, idol, false god, or goddesses, basically made of wood. So don't plant thee a grove of trees. So we got the, the grove, <clears throat> which is upright, image, idol, false god, or goddesses, basically, again, made of wood, and we got the, the trees. So don't put that near the altar. That's, that's the commandment. That's instructions. And also, <clears throat> don't learn the way of the heathens. So, heathens would do this then. They would take these trees, put it near the altar, a place of worship, and boy, they would beautify these trees. And our scriptures and our commandments is no. So let's read uh, some scriptures I think will help us see this and understand this and, and put a little more importance on it to us in this day and age. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter 14. 1 Kings chapter 14. And uh, <clears throat> verse 15. 1 Kings 14 and 15. For the Lord shall smite Israel as a reed is shaken in the water. And he shall root up Israel out of this good land which he gave to their fathers and shall scatter them beyond the river because they have made their idols provoking the Lord to anger. And if you happen to have a Schofield Bible, the word idols, you know, he has changed. And if you look over there and see what that was, the original word was grove. Because they have made their groves, provoking the Lord to anger. The groves, this was trees that they took near the altar, a place of worship. And they beautified them. So here, that's what they were doing. And then, uh, this page has kind of got all wrinkled and everything. It's uh, kind of falling apart. Uh, 22, and Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and... Idols or groves. 
on every high hill and under every green tree. High hill, this was places of worship, places of sacrifice where they would go. And Israel and Judah both were doing this. So they didn't take heed to the commandment, thou shalt not plant thee a grove of trees near the altar of God. They didn't take heed to that. They had these trees they had, which they made into gods, which they made into idols, and had them where? At the place of worship. At the high places. Uh, high places is, is a good study. We haven't studied for many years, but high places originally was places of worship. God would say, go worship on this mountain or that mountain. Abraham was to offer Isaac on a particular mountain in a particular place. So high places were, were places of worship. And later it got to be just places of worship, whether it be false or true. In other words, that term high places. It could be used either way for true or false worship. But it was places of worship. Uh, 23 again. They also built them high places. And this is Judah. We had Israel first, now Judah. <clears throat> for they also... Uh, built them high places and images and idols on every uh, high hill and under every uh, green tree. And there were also sodomites in the land. And they did according to all the abomination of the nation which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. We'll talk a little more about the sodomites a little later. We, I know what pops in our mind first, but we'll talk to uh, a little more about that a little later. But the sodomites were there too. And they said, don't, you know, don't learn their ways. So now let's go to 2 Kings chapter 23. I think it's interesting finding these things in other scriptures as we look at groves, which is idols, but it is trees. 2 Kings 23 and verse 4. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priest of the second order and the keepers of the door to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal and for the idol or groves and for all the host of heaven. And he burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried out their ashes to Bethel. So here, where were these groves? Where were these idols? Right in the temple. Right in the tabernacle. And he says, don't, don't do that. Don't put them in the, uh, 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 near the, the altar or the house of the Lord, which is where they, exactly where they put them. Uh, and all these vessels and things that they made. They had it right inside near the altar. In verse uh, 5, And he put down the adulterous priest, whom the, uh, whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in high places in the cities of Judah and in places round about Jerusalem, and them also who burnt incense to Baal, to the sun and to the moon and to the planets and to all the host of heaven. And he brought out the groves, or idol, from the house of the Lord, outside of Jerusalem, to the brook Kidron. And he burned it at the brook Kidron and stamped it to small powder 
and cast the powder of it upon the graves of the children of the people. And he broke down the houses of the Sodomites, that they were uh, that that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the idol or groves. So here we see the Sodomites near the temple, near where the sacrifice is being offered, and these Sodomites were weaving hangings to beautify these idols or groves or gods that they were making. So they set these groves, these idols up in the places of worship. And they made vessels for it. And they made hangings for it to beautify it. And they fell down before it to worship the very thing that they'd created. And what we read earlier, he told Israel, said, don't, don't worry about these gods. They don't have the power to do anything, nor do they have any power to grant you anything. As they was expecting, as they was worshiping it. Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah 46. Again, I think it's interesting as you trace this through Israel and Judah. And take something that basically means nothing to us. Don't plant a grove of trees near the altar and see what it really means. By God's grace as he reveals this to us. Isaiah 46 and uh, verse 1. Baal boweth down, Nebo stoopeth. Their gods were upon the beast and upon the cattle. Their carriages were heavy laden. They were a burden to the weary beast. They stooped, they bowed down together. They could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. Uh, Well, let me read verse 6 as well. They lavished gold out of the bag and waste silver in the balance and hire a goldsmith. They make it a god. They fall down, yea, they worship. So here they, it, it, it talks about, you know, they were bowing down and they couldn't carry this heavy burden. This was in a literal sense. Of course, we understand spiritually the heavy burden that the Pharisees put on her back carrying the literal law of Moses. We understand that heavy little bit here. This was uh, literal. So they'd take these trees that they would cut. And I, and I think of when we go down the Smokies, usually they're doing some of that chainsaw art where they carve the bears and everything out of the trunk of a tree. And, and I think of this. And then they overlay it with gold and silver and hangings to beautify this thing. And they put it, again, near the altar. But here, so they had these things it talks about in, in the first couple of verses there, that they were a heavy burden on the, on the cattle and so forth and the weary beast. Well, so you take these big 
carvings and you covered with gold and silver, they literally were heavy. And they'd put it on these beasts of burdens and wagons and so forth to transport them. Think about that for a minute. We've got to transport God? <laughs> Have you, anybody ever had thoughts, well, God, how can he hear somebody's voice on the other side of the planet praying to him and hear your voice praying to him? Well, it's, we don't think that very deeply. We just uh, realize that. But, but this God can't even move him. He can't even go place to place. He has to move him. That's what they were doing. But they were sincere. They were sincere. A lot of work, money, and expense to do this. <clears throat> Uh, but anyway, they were, they were making this, the God, gods, again, he told them, don't you plant a grove of trees near the altar, near a place of worship, something that you would worship. Don't learn the ways of the heathen. And I can't imagine all the gods that they did have. You know, Paul talked about that in the, uh, slip my mind there, but anyways, his uh, uh, sermon there. He said, you got all these gods. You even got one for the unknown gods. You know, in case we missed one. If we want rain, we'll go to this god. If we want sunshine, we'll go to this god. If we want to win at war, we'll go to this god. And if we run out, we'll go cut some more trees down and make another god for something else in case we missed one. That's what they did. Rather than seeing the god, the true god. And how ridiculous... Uh, it is, and how foolish it was. <clears throat> Isaiah 44. <coughs> and uh, let's go back to verse 9 and start here. They that make a carved image are all them vanity, and the delectable things shall not profit and they are their own witness. They see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed. So these gods that they're making, they can't see. They can't hear you when you pray to them. They can't even walk, can they? they got, we've got to carry them around, carry our gods with us. They can't see, they can't hear. And you think they can really help? Can they bring you rain? Can they bring you sunshine? Can they cause you to win this battle? Can they defend you? Verse, uh, get down to verse 13. <clears throat> the carpenter stretches out his rule. He marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes. And he marketh it out with a compass. He maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man. That he may remain, that it may remain in the house. So again, we see him carving down pigeon forge. Haven't been down there for a while in the Smokies, but you know, uh, uh, bears. Seem like they carve a lot of bears. Uh, there's other things too, and I'm amazed. I, I, I like watching that. I've seen him carve eagles and things like that. State Fair. I think they usually have somebody doing that. Maybe Bob Evans too. I believe their festival. I like watching them do that. So this they were carving, but they carved them in the form or shape of a man. And uh, in verse 14, he heweth him down cedars, 
and taketh the cypress of the oak, which he has strengthened for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he take of it and warm himself. Yea, he kindleth it and baketh bread. Yea, he maketh a god and worship it. He maketh it a carved image and falleth down to it. He burneth part of it in the fire. With part of it he eateth flesh. He roasteth roast and is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself and saith, Ah, I am warm. I have seen the fire. And the residue of it he maketh a god, even his carved image. He falleth down unto it and worship it and prayeth unto it and saith, Deliver me. For thou art my God. And just think about this for a minute. So they'd take a tree, and uh, probably a lot of us guys, trees have been down or we cut it down or whatever, and you cut all the limbs up and everything. A lot of times we'll make firewood and stuff like that out of it. So they would do that. And I'm pretty sure they didn't waste a lot back there anyway with the resources they had. So they'd cut a tree down. And they'd take these limbs, and they'd build fire and everything to keep warm and everything. And they would build fire to cook their meat on, everything like that. So these were important functions for them to keep warm and be able to cook and everything. But then they'd take what's left and make a god. And that same, same piece of wood, same tree, they'd take what's left and make a god out of it. How foolish could that be? Say, oh, no, they could, never, they could never do that. That was just back then. Verse 18. They have not known nor understood, for he, he has shut their eyes, the Lord. For he has shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand. And certainly that would have to be the case. I mean, no one in the right mind would say would ever take part of this tree and build a fire and keep warm and cook with it and everything, then take the rest, and I'm going to uh, make a God that he can help me. No one in the right mind, but he, he closes their understanding. 19. And none considered in his heart, neither is there any knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Yea, also I baked bread upon its coals. I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make the residue of it an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stalk of a tree? So, how foolish can it be? I mean, would you pray to this uh, God that they made from this tree, say, well, okay, I'm, it's going to be really cold tonight. I'm praying for some more firewood from another tree. <laughs> I mean, how foolish is this? And you think, oh, they, they couldn't. They, no, they couldn't do that. They did. And they believed it. They believed in those gods that they made that would help them, save them, deliver them, provide what they needed. They believed in it. You say it's foolish? Well, certainly it is. 
But how could you trust in something that was man-made to deliver you? Something as depraved as a piece of wood or a stone that they made gods out of. How could you, how could you really trust in that? Well, it says God closed your eyes. But in their condition, <clears throat> they would take and try to beautify it anymore. They would carve it like the image of a man. And they didn't stop that. They'd try to beautify it more. So they'd overlay it with gold and with silver. And even read the sodomites would, would make hangings to put on and everything to beautify this. We... Uh, So well, what does all this have to us do today? Say, so, well, we don't, we don't believe in a piece of wood or something like that, or you know, a lot of people have a, a cross or something like that, and I, I'm sure everybody doesn't believe that cross is God or anything, but some people maybe do. I don't, I don't know. But you say, well, how would this affect us today? We're not really doing that. People's not really doing that, are they? Well, it depends on. I'll answer. Yes to part of it, maybe no to part of it. Yes, they're trusting in something just as foolish as that. Absolutely they are. But these commandments are for our learning and our admonition. Thou shalt not set any grove of trees, any idols or images near a place of worship. A place of worship. Don't don't confuse this with your worship, with the true God, with the altar of the true God. Don't move other things in there with that, that people will get confused. Jeremiah chapter 10 again. Let's go back there for a moment. <coughs> <coughs> And uh, let's go back to verse 1 this time. I'm going to read through it, and hopefully it'll make more sense than it did uh, the other, first time we read it. Jeremiah 10, 1. Hear the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Hear the word, a commandment, instructions. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathens, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the nations are dismayed at them, for the custom of the peoples are vain. One cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of men's hands. And remember that too. Does that ring a bell, the work of men's hands? The work of men's hands are the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers that move not. Again, I used to think this was a Christmas tree. And remember the old-fashioned, they'd make that cross of wood and they'd nail the tree through it so it wouldn't tip over? I used to think this was a Christmas tree. Again, this is before Christ. But the same purpose, though, they fasten this with nails because it's a God and it can't even stand up on its own. It can't even move on its own. It shows how ridiculous it is. 
For they are upright like the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. In other words, if the enemy's got this, if they've got this God, and they've got it all beautified and propped up and everything like that, don't be afraid of that, that that nation through their God is going to curse you or overpower you. Don't, that, those gods can't do anything. It said, be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is them to do good. So don't, those false gods, they're not going to harm you, and it's not going to do any good for them. Verse 6, For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertain. For as much as among all the wise men of the nations, and in their kingdom there is none like unto thee, but they are altogether stupid, I believe brutish is the other word, and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. Silver beaten into plates is brought from Tarshish and gold from Euph and, uh, and gold from Euphaz and the work of the craftsmen and the hands of the goldsmith. Blue and purple is their clothing. They are all works of skillful men. So... Here they are making these false gods, putting it up near the all near the places of worship. And he said, Thou shalt not do this, but they did, and they were trusting in it. And he said, But this, this stock is a a doctrine of, of, of vanities. It can't can't do anything. It's things that man has made. So today by man's works, they make a God. So today, by man's works, they make a God. It's not a true God. It can't do anything. But they make a God. But there's something they're taking, and they beautify it. Just as they did back here. How they do that? Well, they take a man. Or mankind, man or woman. They take mankind. And they give him <clears throat> characteristics of God. What's a characteristic of God? And I think some of the brethren, we talked about this not too long ago, maybe after services. God is a sovereign. That's who God is. And that means free of outside influence. God is not influenced. No, nobody's controlling God. He's free of outside influence. That's who God is. So that's a characteristic of God. But then they tell me man or mankind is a free moral agent. He can do as he pleases. There's no sovereign, supreme God over him. He has free will. He does what he wants, what he wills. Tell me, man can do according to his own pleasure. But see, this is a description of God. He says, my counsel will stand and I'll do 
all my pleasure. That's who God is. We've read it before. He declares the end from the beginning. From ancient time, things that have not yet come to pass. Saying, my counsel will stand and I'll do all my pleasure. That's who God is. But they give that description or abilities to man. You're a free moral agent. You get to heaven based on what you do. You do as you please. There's no sovereign supreme God over you. They even tell me that uh, man's a creator. Oh, really? No, they'll give God recognition for creating the heavens and the earth. But then they'll say, man creates evil. Be careful using man creates in the same sentence. God creates all things. And by him was not anything created that was created. Now, we need to understand the evil. God has a purpose in it. All things work together for good. So it's not, we just need to understand the evil. We, we label the evil. God has a purpose. He had a purpose everything, right? As a, a, for every purpose, there's a time and a season. So that's God. But don't give those characteristics to man. You make it a God. You beautify it. You try to make man something that is not. Oh, it's up to you to do that. I heard. I was at a funeral recently. And I, I tell myself every time, myself, don't be too critical. If, you know, if another pastor or another person is, is doing this. And I, I try not to do that. But... Uh, They said, you are the intercessor. And they went farther than that. When a loved one dies, they go to heaven, they intercess on your behalf to God. Isn't Jesus our intercessor? Isn't he sitting at the right hand of God making intercession for us? Does that, his state, does not his statement try to beautify man, make man a God? It's your job to intercede. Your job, your intercessor. And don't forget whenever you die, don't forget me back here so you can be intercessor with me then. Do you see how they're beautifying man? Making it a God? Right with the very altar, as they say? Uh, scripture says he, he forms the light, darkness, makes peace, creates evil. I'm not blaming God. He has a purpose for all of it, and I don't blame him at all. Give him credit for it, how it works together for good. I'm not going to get through this either. apologize for that. Man on television, and I'll tell you his name. Betty and I talked about before, Kenneth Copeland. And uh, I think this goes along so good with what we're talking about. He said, God needs you, pointing into that television screen. God needs you. And I thought, well, 
shouldn't make fun, but if God needs me, he is in bad shape. But what he said, take your finger, point yourself, and say, God needs me. If God needs me, if God needs you, doesn't that lift you up equal with God? Doesn't that make you a God? I better help God out here a little bit. And Claire May, they don't, they don't know. They don't have a clue what they're doing and how evil it is. They don't have a clue. I see we're out of time. Had a few more things to say about this. But I just hope that we can see. Yeah, we understand what they did back there. They took a tree down and made it beautiful. Part of it they built fire and part of it they did other things with. And then they took this, made it beautiful, put hangings on it in gold and silver, fell down before it and said, save me. How foolish can it be? Something like that. Say, save me. Say, well, that's not happening in this world today. Oh, in the name of religion, it's almost, almost all of religion. They look at mankind, you, as being your savior. Just as foolish as trusting in the trunk of a tree. The scripture tells us that we're totally depraved. In him we live and move and have our being. I still have our filthy rags here. This is our righteousness. He said, well, not mine. Beg to differ with you. This is our, and they want to lift this up as a God. And that is, that's exactly what they're doing. Giving it the characteristics of God. And, and again, they don't know it. They're not aware of it. But they try to beautify this thing by giving characteristics of God. Well, you can get to heaven if you turn over a new leaf. You can get to heaven if you do this. If you don't smoke and drink or whatever. You can get to heaven all these ways. You can get to heaven if you... Well, they have a long list of things that will get you to heaven. But see, they give all this honor and glory to man. Just as, I'll use words too, just as stupid as trusting in the trunk of a tree that they carved out. And by God's grace, we'll never plant that grove of trees near our worship. They will be confused with God. May God bless the speaking of his word.